I wonder if you could open your Bibles, please, to uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 14. I'm going to make a, 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 an ask and then tell you what I'm going to say in a sentence, if I could. The ask, the action step today was, you, would you consider recommitting your life to Jesus today? Would you consider recommitting your life to Christ? Last week, we, we focused on baptism. We're praying for people who have not had a relationship with Christ, and I wonder for those of us who do, would you be willing to recommit your life to Jesus? Well, I'll get there at the end, but here's my sermon in a sentence. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. John 14, 6 is the passage of the morning and Jesus describes himself as the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm gonna unpack this for you, but I think it's gonna surprise you. I hope it surprises you in a very positive way. What I have observed in my 40-some years of being a pastor is oftentimes pastors use this to beat people over the head. May I respectfully say I think that's not the intent, and I'll explain the context and the why. So a bit quick context. John chapter 13 through 17 is called the Upper Room Discourse. Jesus is meeting with the disciples soon before he is to be crucified. And he's been telling them in the weeks before, three times, I'm going to suffer and die. And now in the upper room, they've just had the, the washing of feet and they've eaten a meal. Jesus says someone's going to betray him. So the disciples are obviously unsettled. They are fearful. They don't know what to do. They are concerned. I just imagine that space. Jesus has told us he's gonna be killed. What happens to us? Just imagine all the things running through their heads and their hearts, which take us to chapter 13, verse 36. So Peter, speaking for himself, asked Jesus, John chapter 13, 36. Simon Peter asked Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow, but you will follow later, meaning what? I'm gonna die now, you're gonna die later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Now the passage changes from the singular to the plural. So Jesus now says to all the disciples, he's comforting them, verse 14, chapter 14, verse one. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my, my Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? Now think about that sentence. He's already told them that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Verse three, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know the way, where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. So my sentence, without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. Let me put this in context for you because we often miss this. This is why I'm saying the tone is so different than we think. It is not like a pastor saying, Jesus is the only way and if you don't figure it out, you're going to hell. 
That's often what you hear, right? That's kind of that kind of perspective. You got to get the perspective on this story. It's just nuts good. Jesus is talking about what happened with a young man and a young woman prior to being married. So let me explain the story for you behind. Behind the story, this is the ritual. 2,000 years ago, I'll use myself as an example and try to bring it today. I'm from Paramount, California. Lane is from Montezuma, Iowa. So 2,000 years ago, in the story that Jesus is using as an analogy, I would go from Paramount, California to Montezuma, Iowa, and my dad and I would talk to Lane and her dad, and we would ask if I could be married to Lane. A dowry price would be found, and the reason for the dowry was was a safety deposit for the woman. It was for the woman's sake, in case the husband divorced her. So this, Lane's dad and Lane agreed. At the end of that time, I would take a cup of wine. This is 2,000 years ago. I'd take a cup of wine, and I would pour a glass, pour it full, full, and I would stand in front of Lane and her dad, my dad and me, and I'd take the cup, and I would say to Lane, my life for yours, my love for yours, and I'd hand it to her. At that point, she could refuse, or she could say yes. If she said yes, she would take the cup and say, my life for yours, my love for yours. So it's all about love. Hold this. I would walk 2,000 miles back to Paramount, California. And I would go back, and I'm gonna pretend now, this is my father's house in Paramount, California. So I would go back to my father's house, and I would begin to build on my father's house. I have five brothers. So each of us would build our house at our father's house. So there would be six boys in the Corver family. Each of us boys would build at our father's house. And this typically took about a year. Lane and Montezuma has no idea when I'm coming back. So if you read the stories in the Gospels about the groom Jesus returning, it says, watch, watch, be ready. At some point, I would leave Paramount, California, and I'd walk back to Montezuma, and I would take Lane by the hand, and we would go to my father's house. Are you following me? So Jesus says to his friends who are very, very afraid and very, very nervous and have no idea what's going to happen. Jesus said, I've already told you I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now let me stop for a second. What's Jesus doing right now besides interceding for us? Listen to me, brothers and sisters. The Lord Jesus is preparing a place for you at his father's house. Arden, Sharon, Steve, Jennifer, Mike, right now, Jesus is preparing a place for you. So what happens, I would suggest, at the moment of death, I will suggest that in the spirit, Jesus comes back and takes you at the moment of death and takes you to his father's house. 
No. Let's put Jesus' words in context. Jesus said what? I am the way. Where? I am the truth about what? I am the life forever. I'm going to play with you a little bit. Lots of analogies. I want you to think about this now. So in the first service, a friend named John sitting in the second row, he just came back from Houston. And I said to John, how was the trip, blah, blah, blah. Just imagine if John drove to Houston, he would need a GPS, right, a map, something. He didn't know how to get to his family in Houston. Umbrella mercy here. How does your soul know where to go when you die? We just assume our souls just go somewhere. Well, you know what the rabbis taught in Jesus' day? The rabbis in Jesus' day. The rabbis in Jesus' day taught that when you died, your spirit circled the place where you were in the ground because your spirit did not know where to go. And what did Jesus say to those people he loved? Now go back to the love. Do you remember the upper, upper room, Last Supper? Remember the liturgy and the fourth cup of wine? In the, they, they memorized the whole liturgy. The fourth cup of wine, the host would stand up and hold it up in the air like this, and this is how the liturgy begins. Blessed art thou, king of the universe, the creator of the fruit of the vine. There's a whole liturgy, he would say. Jesus, in the upper room, took the cup, stood up, and said what? This cup is the new covenant in my a covenant always required blood Jesus said this is my covenant of love to you and he said because I love you I know the way now stay with me what person who's ever lived has been to the highest heaven, has come to this tiny little planet called Earth, has gone down to hell, has come back to Earth. Don't go back to heaven. Who? Who knows the way? Only Jesus knows the way. Now, what is this way? Remember, back two years ago, we talked about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I called it the circle of love. The Greek word is parakoresis. It means this dance of love. It's the circle of love. What happens, Jesus? Saying yes to Jesus. Watch, stay with me. Jesus is the way when we say yes to his invitation, we are invited into the circle of love. And once you're here, Romans 8, nothing can ever separate you from this place and these people and this love. Why? Because Jesus, 2,000 years ago, drank the cup of wrath and suffered and died. He drank it and he says to us, I love you. My love for yours. Will you drink it? If you say yes, he says, come with me, because I know the way. Come with me. Here's the way. This whole thing is wrapped in love. 
It's just an incredible story. So these, they're so afraid. Let me just stop. Where are you today? What are you concerned about, fearful about? What is overwhelming? What is painful? What is significant? What's your giant? What's your challenge? Whatever it is, would you remember that Jesus says, I am your way. I am your truth. I am your life. So let me unpack this for a little more for you. Slide, slide number four, Joey, please. So I'm going to give you, this is the word, the picture I used eight, seven weeks ago. So this is Exodus chapter three, Moses, the burning bush. I'm changing, I'm using metaphors and analogies today, okay? So what if, what if Jesus invites us into that? What if Jesus invites us into, this is an image, remember, remember, the, remember the story, Exodus 3? Moses, Moses. Moses walks over to the bush. He stands in front of the bush and the voice says what? Take off your shoes because the place you're standing is holy ground. He falls to his face. Jesus said, I love you. And we are invited into that relationship. This is why I have said many times in the past years, I'm going to say it one more time, the fires of heaven burn hotter than the fires of hell. Because God is so wholly other. Father, just imagine, that's Father, Son, and Spirit. Just imagine if we walked into the presence. Moses, when Moses, read the Old Testament. Whenever someone sees an angel, they fall to the ground, and they're terrified. Terrified by an angel. What if you experienced the presence of God? Father, Son, just imagine. And Jesus says, I love you. I'm making a way for you. I want you to come with me. I want you to be here with me forever. Come, come, come. So let me walk you through these phrases now. Slide number five, please. Jesus said, I am the way. Without the way, there is no going. Without Jesus, where are we going? So you know the funny little advertisement at the front, I invite you to bring your phones next week and we're gonna do the survey. But one of the concerns I live with, and I've said this many times, is our, the, the presence, the overwhelming presence of all things technology-wise in our world has us going in so many directions. We are just so, all right, we're just so busy and distracted and tired and our minds don't shut off and our hearts are just overwhelmed and we don't, Brothers and sisters, I'll put on my prophetic hat if I can, quotation. It is learning to abide in Jesus. It is to be deeply connected with the one who loves us immeasurably. It is to make space in our lives and our schedules for this love relationship is the one who can help us know where we are going. So can I just be very careful and blunt? Everyone in this room is going to die. Every one of us. And Jesus says, I know the way. 
where you want to go. I want to invite you to the relationship and the place of eternal love. If, there, if we don't have Jesus, where are we going? 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 Why are we so tired? We're always tired. Why are we so tired? Because we're just going, 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 going. And Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and tired, and I'll give you rest. He's the way to rest. We go to the cemetery in New Sharon every year. Lane's uncle was killed in the service in 1954. And we walked through there. We went to Pella. We drove through the Pella Cemetery. And I'm not speaking out of school. But there are people I know whose funerals I have done who still do not rest in peace because of how they live when they were alive. And I believe they're still being tormented with wherever they are. And Jesus offers us something different. He is the way. Without the way, where are we going? How about the next one, the truth? Without truth, there is no knowing. What, what fundamentally? So I'll be going back to the old, old days. I accepted, I, I joined the church in Palm Sunday, 1971. I had to memorize the Heidelberg Catechism. Here's the first question. Kevin, what is your only comfort in life and in death? That I belong, body and soul, in life and in death, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And I've forgotten all the rest of them, but I remember that one. What is your only comfort in life and in death? that I belong in life and in death, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior. Without the truth, I, mean, I, I don't hear what I'm, I, I get to careful what I say here. It, it appears to me that many of us, including myself, are in a constant place of trying to define who I am in light of what you think about me. And the truth is, you are loved by Jesus, period. No matter what we do, if you've accepted Christ and he has called you into his family, you are loved. Next one, real quick, I'm losing you. Stay with me. Without the life, there is no living. I read recently a study of people over 80 years old, and they asked them, what, what would you do differently if you could live life again? And the constant comment was, I wish I would have lived my life. I was so busy just doing stuff, doing stuff, doing stuff, going, 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 doing, I just miss life. Lane rightly criticizes me for, for my pace of life, and so we're reading a book together, and we're making a commitment. The title of the book is Living at the Speed of God. So the subtitle is, walking at the speed of God. How fast can you walk? About three miles an hour. Lane says to me, and rightly so, I have missed so much 
of life because I live so fast all the time. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? So we drove to New Sharon yesterday to put some water in the graves, stones on the flowers. And I said to Lane, has that been there before? It was there 45 years ago. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. So just a couple things real quickly. So what happens if we live this way? Can I have slide number eight? Oh, I, don't wanna, I don't wanna do a happy clap here with you, I wanna be honest. What, if we're gonna live with the way, the truth, and life, what should we expect? Can I just carefully say, please hear my pastor's heart. You need to expect a life filled with suffering. Jesus said, I'm quoting Jesus, in this life, you will experience tribulations. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. If we follow Jesus who is our way, our truth in our life, we need to know that as we go through our sufferings, listen to me carefully, everybody. Please listen to me. As you go through those, you need to know that your Lord Jesus is going with you through that. On Pentecost Sunday, it is his spirit living with you. He is with you through the trials and tribulations and challenges we face. And what about cross-bearing? Jesus said, if you want to come after me, meaning what? I want to follow in your footsteps. Remember the rabbi idea? Here's the rabbi, and we disciples standing behind, each of us hearing from the person ahead of us what the rabbi said. Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you want to follow me, listen, listen. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. If we're gonna follow Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, we need to know that there'll be seasons, I don't have a cross, I use a chair, that there'll be seasons when we're just gonna have to carry a cross. And we're just, that's just how it's gonna be. But you gotta remember, and you're cross-bearing, that Jesus is with you. He is your way. He is your truth. He is your life. And he will walk with you. But you need to expect, you can just expect, this is hard. This is painful. This is difficult. Jesus, stay with me. A Christian is a little Christ. So let me, stay with me. What happened to Jesus, we need to expect what happened to us. Not the same magnitude, but the same challenges. Fair? So Jesus describes in the Gospel of John what you need to expect if you're gonna follow after him. And in that context, we're following Jesus, we have to keep remembering he knows the way, he knows the way. So when our son died, he knew the way through the valley of the shadow of death. He knows the way, he knows the way where you're going, your path, your life, he knows the way because he is truth and life, he will be with you. Do you even know it? Are you open to relationship with Jesus? I, when I came here 30 years ago, I, I was, I, we came to, from inner city LA to Pella, and I thought, where did we get sent, right? I mean, I mean badly, we live in inner city Los Angeles. Our kids were the only white kids on the block. Our kids played sports, everyone was of color except for our kids. We were the colored people in our neighborhood. 
right? It's a whole other world. And I moved to Pella with all this, this beauty and, and all of you and all this. And I, and I just thought, okay, where am I? And what I, my first impression, my first, so we talked about God a lot in Pella. I didn't hear people talking about Jesus. I heard God talk all over the place. But God talk is not the same as a relationship with Jesus. Yes? It's a whole different thing. I'm not talking about rules and regulations. I'm talking about a person with whom we have a personal relationship, who knows us, who loves us, who we are learning knows us and loves us. And all of a sudden what happens is we start to change and then we move into meaningful relationships. Because now we're talking to people who are talking the same language. How is it with your cross? How are you in your suffering? Where's Christ with you? How is he leading you? How is he your life? How is he truth in all that you're facing? And all of a sudden, we're not just talking about how's the weather? Are the crops coming up? How's your team? How's, do you get a, get a um, Swift concert ticket? <laughs> 20,000 bucks to listen to a girl sing for three hours. Any of you want to do it for five bucks? I'll pay you. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't mean to diminish Miss Swift either. Forgive me for that. But also as we embrace this life, we begin to bear fruit. As we walk the road with suffering and Jesus is in us with it, as we're carrying our cross and relationships and we're starting to grow, we start to bear these fruitful things. And then we see out of our lives just come love and joy and peace and patience. Remember I said this to you in the series, two series back. Don't become a better Christian. Don't become a better Christian. Become a woman or a man, a boy or girl who is deeply in love and loved by Jesus. And then what happens? Out of that love relationship, we just love. I don't try to love. I don't try to be patient. I don't try. No, it's, it, it just happens. And the last one is, there's a never-ending wow. I, last week, so one, one of my five people is uh, not a believer who has lost two children, and he's very angry at God and doesn't understand, and we're having these conversations. And so I said to him, could you do me a favor? And I said, yeah. So I gave him Imagine Heaven, the book Imagine Heaven. And he's been reading the book and he is blown away. He's saying, are you telling me that that's what's coming? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let me push into this now. Listen, listen to St. Paul. The sufferings of this life cannot compare with the glories that will be revealed. No matter how hard life is here, on the other side, in the circle of love, eternal circle of love, will be blessings and joy and relationships and love that are beyond comprehension. The hard times now cannot compare to what is coming. That's all to come. So where are we then together? Can I come back to slide now then? So this is where I was trying to go. I'm back one, uh, number nine, I think. Recommitting. Yeah. So, so my question is, and is anyone besides me getting a sense that I want to recommit my life to Jesus?
I think on a regular basis it's helpful to do it. But I'm wondering if in this season, looking at the seven I am's, are you feeling a nudge? I want want to commit, I want to recommit my life to a relationship with Jesus. And it begins with understanding we are loved eternally by Jesus. And in that love relationships we become. So the next slide. So this is my wondering. On Pentecost and Memorial Day Sunday, I tried to use the big, bold print words, our trying words trying to pick up today and Memorial Day. So our family will remember Uncle Harry and others who have died in the wars. But here I would like us to ask, would you remember Jesus? I was just struck with this. I, was, I couldn't sleep last night, so I came in pretty early. And I was sitting over here with this, and I just tried to imagine. The cup motif is a pretty interesting one. In the Old Testament, this is called the cup of wrath. And one of the disciples said they wanted, they wanted to sit in Jesus' place, James and John. And Jesus said, can you drink this cup? Oh, yeah, we can drink it. Will you think about this? If I commit three sins a day for 70 years, I commit 70,000 sins. There are about, I think I read somewhere, 17 billion people have lived on the earth. Let's just take the number 70,000. 70,000 sins. 17 billion people. And Jesus said, I will drink the cup of wrath. And then he says to his disciples, this cup, 17 billion people, 70,000 sins, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink this, you remember that I love you. Would you remember Jesus? Would you honor Jesus? Mike led us through the prayer of examine. Real blunt, if there's a besetting sin that you and I are repeating, can I ask you today that you'd honor Jesus and don't sin that way today? Choose not to sin today. Can I say that? Do you know we don't have to sin, right? Everybody know that? We do not have to sin. We choose to sin. So today, could you say, Lord, to honor you, I will not be cross, I will not post something inappropriate, I won't get drunk, I won't scream at my family, I'll be nice to my roommate, whatever. Honor Jesus. Would you believe that Jesus will be with you no matter what you're doing and where you're going? And finally, would you follow Jesus all the way home. So today, would you be willing to recommit your life to Jesus? Let's pray. Would you join me, please? Let's take a moment. Would you just ask in the recesses of your heart, is today a recommitment day for you? If, if it is, would you just acknowledge that Jesus, you are my way maker? And I want to live more deeply in a love relationship with you.
Would you pray with me? Lord, when we become disoriented by the clash between the circumstances in our lives and the reality of your holy words, would you sustain us by your spirit? Lord, when we become fused by sometimes how long it takes for your promises to be fulfilled, would you renew us by your spirit? Lord, when we become impatient in our lack of understanding, give us by your Holy Spirit the strength to endure. When we become dismayed by the frustrations in our lives, would you give us perseverance by the working of your spirit? Lord, when our hearts become hard and we're hardened to the leading of your life, would you soften us again? Lord, we become afraid. Comfort us by your spirit. When we are uncertain, give us confidence. When we are perplexed, by your spirit, give us peace. So Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, be our all in all. On this Pentecost Sunday, into your hands, we recommit our lives again. Amen.